This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. I'm impressed. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, we're going to have a really great show on today, and I have just been absolutely taken with John Marshall, the principal out at uh, Oakland School, and uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's an education process for me to have principals on because it's amazing how much uh, we depend on on people, the right people in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, we're, we're building new schools all the time, John, as you know, and, and they've, they've all got uh, shiny outside parts on them and things like that. And they're just absolutely gorgeous. And, and a lot of parents want to send their uh, children to, to new schools for, for whatever reason until you start thinking about the history of those schools, the older schools, and I know that uh, uh, it's a lot of upkeep to the old schools, but it's more than upkeep, isn't it? Because uh, I have seen a lot of times parents, grandparents, they want their kids to go to the same school. They want them to be part of the history of Oakland or what's that other one's name, Riverdale or something <laughs> like that. But 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 it, it, it's uh, uh, it, it's amazing to me, like it, it, it's um, when you talk about schools, you're talking about entire communities the way it used to be, but the community feel is still there, isn't it? It, it is, and, and and the best example are you know myself growing up. Uh, I grew up uh, with with parents that uh, went to Central and then Riverdale, mm -hmm. uh, part of one of their first classes that graduated there, and then members of my family and I. I graduated from Riverdale. My my Oakland family has forgiven me for that, but uh, bless but their hearts. Yes, but <laughs> I, I, you know, but but you grow up with, with those rivalries, yeah. uh, deep seated within uh, with your crosstown rival like that, and because we were just us too for so many years I, I think there's something special about that but but there is uh, that tie to those communities and that's also why it's so hard when you open new schools and you have to rezone and, and you're taking neighborhoods or areas of our communities that, that were for so long loyal and, and dedicated and had their children go and they to those schools and then they have to change and start a new tradition in history with a new school it's it's not easy, but but I definitely appreciate being at an older school, uh, yeah. but deeply rich in tradition. And how old is uh, Oakland right now? Well, we the, were the school when it first opened. We opened in '72. Wow, that was uh, what was it? Just before the 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 greatest football team that was ever in 
uh, Rutherford County, the old Central High School. I mean, they dominated everybody back then. But but it, it was a school of higher education, which I consider Oakland and Riverdale and, and all the major uh, high schools that we have, middle schools also. Uh, we got we compete against everybody in the state, and nobody nobody is better as far as running a school system than than uh, uh, all our principals. Uh, a lot of times we don't give the principals the credit they deserve, but the way that school runs pretty much goes along with the the principal that is there. And I'm I, I am so happy that we've got you, uh, John Marshall, to. Uh, T t take the lead over there and carry the flag for us. Well, I appreciate that, and like I said, I have uh, I'm entering my 12th year at Oakland, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's been a, a great school. Uh, I've had uh, the families, the students has come through there, but most importantly, the the bedrock, our teachers and staff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the real reason why uh, I feel that we have the success we do, why we have the academic level we do, why we prepare our students the way we do to be successful, and and hopefully give back uh, in, in the right way to our community, stay here, work here, and be prepared uh, you know, to have the skill set they need to be successful. But it, you know, it goes back to the teachers and staff, and, and they, they, uh, they excel, and, and they make me look good, and sometimes I get the credit, but it's, it really goes to them, because uh, they're on the front lines each and every day delivering the content knowledge that they've worked their entire career to develop and to hone that craft to impact our students. You know, the, the, if, if you ever watch television, which I'm not a big watcher of news or anything like that, and you, you see what's going on in, in Portland and, and, and a lot of these places around the country, especially in the, in the major cities and things like that, and then you take a look at our kids and compare our people to what's going on in the country, a lot of us, we don't realize how blessed that we are to live in a community like like we have here in Rutherford County, and we're offering them all the great things, the, all the patriotism that goes on in here. Uh, you're not old enough to remember, but I can still remember when we would we would just absolutely compete to be the one to raise the flag in the morning at the school and open it up and things like that. You guys still teach the the great history and the traditions of a community, don't you? Certainly, uh, you know we, you know that that's a part of us. That's our yeah. identity, and and so we, it's important for us to uh, to continue to pass that torch and uh, our students to understand, uh, you know, by by being an Oakland Patriot, what that mm -hmm. means, what's that, what involves in that, and uh, and so we we definitely are respectful of that and and mindful of continuing with with some of those things. Yeah, is is there anything in particular if if uh, a number of parents were to come to you uh, today and say, you know, we know what the tradition is up at Oakland, but in today's world, what are we looking at as far as education and the other things that are involved? What, what do you offer each student as they walk through the door at Oakland? Well, I think uh, what I always tell our parents, and I know uh, not any of the high school principals, we, we would all be in agreement and, and convey the same thing, is that we're going to give them the highest 
quality education possible mm -hmm. and the safest learning environment possible. And, yeah. uh, and th those are two things that we pride ourselves on as principals, as a district, and uh, get, you know, protecting you know, that, that, that learning environment mm -hmm. and, and being focused on learning. And, uh, and that's something we really strive to, you know, to impact our, our kids with, our students when they come in the door, that, that our priority for the day is learning. And, yeah. uh, and it's hard sometimes because there's a lot of external things that impact, uh, for various reasons, our students. And uh, they come to us uh, with different circumstances. And, uh, but but we, we guarantee them that we're going to be the, the consistent normal for them regardless of what those are, and, uh, and we're going to focus on, on growing them and preparing them mm -hmm. uh, for a bright future. Now, the, the curriculum, uh, the education process that goes on at Oakland, how different would uh, the, the things that, that you have there available for the students, are they different in each high school? Because, uh, and if they are, 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 are there special uh, things that maybe would uh, attach itself to uh, young people that have been given special gifts, you might say. And, and uh, it, it's, uh, I, I've noticed that in the last few years especially, uh, we're reaching out to kids at all levels right now and making sure that they're going to be successful uh, when they go on to their careers. And, and, and there's, uh, there's so many uh, kids that you guys have really locked in, in on it that really need um, to be in, in different classrooms. I'm, I'm not talking about special needs. But, but, but you can tell that they have been given a gift. And I've, I've known some people that were just absolute geniuses that went to school here, and they really weren't aimed toward a university or, or something like that. But, but, but they could hone their talents uh, in, inside the classroom where they were. Yeah, it's, uh, I think one of the things we really have done well over the last few years is uh, creating a better partnership with industry uh, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly uh, we have a great partnership with the chamber yeah. workforce development and and really uh, working to better identify our students aptitudes mm -hmm. helping them better understand what they're equipped to do and and, and channel those talents specifically uh, towards curriculums that they're interested in but but can be successful at yeah uh, and and help to empower that interest and that passion, and uh, and that's something that we have really, as a system with our career technical education courses, have developed well. An example is our mechatronics program at Oakland, yeah. and uh, each school has uh, kind of a unique program. Uh, we all offer a lot of the same things, and then some of us, you know, at most every school have have an additional program or two that we specialize in. Whether you know, for us, it's uh, our electrical and plumbing and construction, residential construction program. We have mechatronics. We have uh, biomedical. Uh, we have uh, uh, health sciences, or also if, uh, for those students that are going on, uh, you know, some of our highly uh, academically rigorous students in our international baccalaureate program. Uh, but each school tries to. So if you know we we have a brand uh, something that we I think most people look at us as, as specializing in or having a particular program that has really taken off and been successful and and uh, but but within that we still try to 
use, uh, use mechanisms within our building to help identify what those aptitudes are within our students and better educate them and their parents on, you know, what talents they possess and how best to position that for success for them. And I, I think that's something we really have worked well with from the district level and working with industry, and, and that's what it takes. You've got to be willing, you know, we, we've got to listen to our industry and what they need, what skill sets, basic skill sets they need in those particular industries to be successful because they need employees to come in with the basic skill set to be successful and we want our students to have and possess those skill sets so they're ready to go on day one you know in a position to succeed and so that type of partnership it's great for our schools, it's great for our students, but it's best for our community yeah. because that, that means when education industry is working together to provide these type of training opportunities to grow our students, then we're creating a workforce yeah. uh, and, and we don't have industry, you know, considering to leave because we can't employ, they can't find the employees that have the skill sets they need. And that's been something that I would say is, has been the most impactful really over the last few years in what we've done to create those partnerships. Mm -hmm. You work on a lot of things, including uh, making sure they're intellectually successful. But but right now, in this day and time, it, it's important for them to understand the social values it, 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 that we have, in not only in each community, but uh, it, it seems like in, in some cases, in not in this area, but a lot of other areas, uh, the the history of this uh, country which is the greatest country in the world, uh, does not seem to be taught at all in, in a lot of uh, the uh, uh, high schools, middle schools, and things like that. Uh, but we're, we're still a part of that game, aren't we, John? Yes, uh, we, you know, we, um, the, the state identifies those standards yeah. uh, that we're to teach, and, uh, you know, we try to, you know, we, we, we support uh, making sure that our teachers stay focused on those standards uh, in, in all of our areas mm -hmm. of the school and, uh, and deliver them to the best of our abilities uh, to position our students for, you know, to be well-rounded yeah. and uh, successful. Schools get older, as we know. Mm -hmm. um, to me, the older the school, the more, the, the more valuable it is to me as far as the community is concerned and things like that. So um, it, it, t it takes a lot of money to keep a school up. People look at you and you're, you're, you're uh, taking care of the kids and making sure everything is going the way it should be. But you have to monitor those type things. Over the years, I have seen uh, a lot of money pass uh, simply because uh, they were not ready to build newer schools. Is it that important to have new brick and all those other things that are involved? Or, or is it really the, the basic that, that, that makes a school something special? Well, obviously the heart and soul of, of every school are our students and our teachers yeah. that create our identity. But, you know, for Oakland's sake, and we have the same campus set up as Riverdale, um, you know, you know, it's hard to say that you know we could really grow beyond uh, the infrastructure we have because, 
you know, what most people don't realize with our older schools is our, our hallways are smaller. Yeah. Uh, so like, for example, I have 10 feet in my main hallways in width. And some of our newer buildings are obviously much larger, if not double. Why that did we width. decide to do that? And uh, so I think as we, we decided that we would have, a, uh, you know, be able to accommodate a larger student body. We uh, and, and, and students have changed over the years, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, yes, we, we have land uh, and available space to, to add brick and mortar at our schools. But the problem is when you start adding, then you're adding more students. And, it, and really it becomes an issue for us on movement and moving that many students. When you go into the, the heart and core of our building, has much smaller hallways. And it's just not practical and it's not safe uh, mm -hmm. from my perspective to be able to try to just say we can go, it, you know, to say we could add on. And, uh, and then go to, to 25, 28, or 3,000 students, uh, it, it would take, uh, it would be very impractical really for us to be able to consider that at some of the older schools just because of our core mm -hmm. size capabilities and transitions and things like that. But we do, you know, going back to your original thought there, it, it does take, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of uh, extra care and, and, and attention to, to keep us looking good and, and yeah. that's my thing uh, to our staff is just because our exterior and the way our architect architectural design may may lend you to think we're an older school uh, we definitely don't want you to feel that way when you walk in our buildings we want you to see you know that w that we feel fresh it's clean it's painted it's uh, we our teachers have uh, at their disposable the latest technologies which we're proud to say that they do in, in CTE and our kids are working with with equipment that is the latest in, in industry and uh, but also they have teachers have the tools that they need to impact our students at the highest level and and that's the most important thing at least to me I, my job as the principal is to always advocate uh, for things that need to be uh, that we want fixed or things like that but also understand I think the county gets a little over seven million a year for capital maintenance uh, there's uh, nearly That's 50 not a whole no lot of money. when you when you think of 50 schools there's a whole lot of needs and I yeah. think 20 26 million in needs just for HVAC so my job is to be a passionate advocate for for my uh, for the building mm -hmm. for our students and, and our teachers and those resources but I also understand that it's hard for me to advocate for some things that would be nice to have when others have needs uh, in, in air conditioning and things like that. Mm -hmm. In a system is, you know, that is aging like we are, when I think we have nearly 85 million in, in just capital maintenance needs. So yeah. it, it is a challenge, but it's up to me not to let that be an excuse as a principal. So if I have to go out and, and raise money or, or get sponsorships to make sure we can, you know, paint more rooms and hallways than we need to to keep us looking fresh, and that's something I'm going to do uh, to make sure that we have what we need. Your responsibilities never end, do they, John? No, there are many hats an administrator wears at, at any school, and they're yeah. you know they're all of our challenges, regardless of your elementary or high school. We, we, the level of stress is the same. It's just the challenges are a little bit more unique, depending on the age of students and and uh, and what we're dealing with. Yeah, I remember when uh, Central was pretty much gone, and and Riverdale and Oakland uh, pretty much became the the main schools. It, it was a different challenge for everybody. But most people didn't realize how much it, it would change the whole concept of education here in Rutherford County. And um, you guys have, have really done well as far as the transition 
from the, the schools like, uh, the, actually the small community schools, I, I, I guess you might say, and, and, and the, the way that you have been able. Now, it hasn't always been a smooth transition. I can remember uh, we had some uh, problems, as, as you can remember, back when, when uh, uh, the, the schools were um, not as same. Uh, when you've got these big schools and kids are running all over the place, and it, it, it's hard to cut, keep a finger on all of the things that are going on. And you were talking about the, the large hallways, and, and it was very difficult to tell where John was at any particular given time. And the, the security level, no matter how which level you're looking at, it, it was very difficult to be able to know what's going on in your particular school at any given time. And um, how, how has that changed since 1972? Well, I don't know if I can speak to 72. Uh, I'm, I'm not I sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I can obviously reflect on, on my time in, in one of those uh, older schools uh, as a student and then, and then as a teacher, uh, having taught at the other school and yeah. then also at Oakland. But, you know, I, it, it is a unique challenge because our, with our two schools, we, we have more of a, what would be a, some people would say a college layout with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we could have nearly probably Big 15, campus. 15 different yeah. buildings not tied together. Yeah. And um, on, on 75 acres or more, depending on which school you're talking about. So there, there is a lot of ground to cover with that. But I think it goes back to, you know, expectations. It goes about, you know, part of our responsibility is to make sure that we, you know, we supervise. Uh, we, we do what we're supposed to when we're supposed to. We're not perfect, and I'm not going to pretend to say uh, that we don't have situations that, uh, that we can learn from and we grow from uh, in our schools. When, when you have our layout, you, it's hard. You know, you strive for perfection, but it's, it, you can't, uh, you, you'll never, I don't think any school can say they'll ever be 100% in everything we can do, but our job is to is to make sure we are considering every possible scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, some we hope never happen uh, when it comes to school safety, but, but our job is to make sure we, we always consider the worst and we have a plan, and we have a plan and a backup to the plan uh, yeah. with that happens. But we, we've made a lot of significant upgrades uh, because of state grants, federal grants, and, and, and the district and our board making it a priority at our schools because we, we do have some unique challenges with our layouts, but they have uh, made some significant investments in the last couple of years, especially to our campus. And I, I think uh, some of which I, I can't go into detail and discuss for our plans, but some will be obvious to our parents uh, from having our, a, a gate system and, and a new way to come on campus uh, and our flow at both, at both schools has, uh, has been added really since uh, we just got ours installed on our, on our new access system uh, for our annex and some of our main buildings on what you can and can't do and being able to be buzzed in um, before we, we, the pandemic hit and we, we left. So our, our kids and our parents really never got to see it fully operational, but they will when we hopefully return at some point in the near future that, uh, that you know, there's some things like that that you will see. So, uh since you mentioned pandemic, I presume that uh, you guys are going to be opening in the next 15 years or something like that. <laughs> it, it, it's a very difficult challenge that's facing you right now, John. And uh, I didn't think I would ever see anything like this or w what's going on. And um, a lot of it really, 
in some ways should probably be a common sense approach but when you're uh, you're you're kind of backed up in political situations it's on the uh, in the news 24 hours a day um, everybody's going to be looking over your shoulder uh, and I know you're going to make good decisions but nothing will be uh, uh, nothing will be a permanent type situation it's going to be trial and error and all these other things that go along with it, isn't it? It is, and we, you know, our job is uh, let politics be politics. Yeah. That's that's not our focus. Our focus yeah, is... Yeah, burn it all down. <laughs> and, uh, but our, our focus is uh, what we can control, and yeah. that, that is what we do in our building to prepare for the safest possible return. We know our students uh, have been out for many weeks, yeah. more than what we probably uh, any generation has experienced uh, yeah. in, in a traditional public school setting that we've had. And so for us, it's it's understanding that, that it's going to be a struggle for our students to be back in a routine. And mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants them back in that routine more than the teachers and more than the administrators. We, and we, the parents. And the parents, <laughs> certainly. And, and I am a parent of two in, yeah. in, in the county school system as well. I want my child or my children in school, and but also want to make sure we're ready. I want to make sure it's safe. And... Uh, you know, and I, I defer some of those big decisions uh, to uh, to the director, to the board, which I, I don't envy their position because no matter what direction we go, there are people that are very passionate uh, on both sides in, in an issue like that. And having been in elected office myself for a brief time, uh, I understand the stress that goes into trying to consider and weigh the safest possible way to do that. And uh, and so I definitely don't envy the position they're in, but my job is to let them worry about that and me focus on uh, making sure our staff feels best prepared to handle that transition in, in a way that's, that's uh, best for our students, being comfortable uh, with that return. But also yeah. there, I mean, I think everyone will say you, you have to be honest. There is anxiety that, that exists with that with our staff, uh, with mm -hmm. our teachers on what that looks like because uh, it is fluid. Uh, there are going to be, and I, like I tell my staff, uh, you know, move forward as if we're writing in pencil because things change. Yeah. And uh, we've learned with this pandemic daily, we get new information, science is updated, and the way we respond or the way we, we do things changes with that as well. So we, we have our what we feel is our best laid plans. When we get to the point and, and the district and, and health officials feel it is, we've reached that point in the metrics where we're at safest to try to return. I hope that's soon. Yeah. And, uh, but when we get to that point, we'll be ready. I'm not saying it won't be, uh, it, it sure, certainly won't be perfect because as I was uh, mentioning earlier, uh, every coach has a game plan to start off with. And, uh, but as, as the game goes on, people make adjustments and you have to as well. And that's what we're gonna have to be ready to do. And we have a plan A, B, C, and D uh, trying to work with that in a high school, which has a lot of challenges. Bless your heart. Yeah. I know that you probably have a lot of meetings with Bill Spurlock, our, our uh, uh, superintendent, and um, you. Every every principal, I would presume, as far as I can remember back, uh, they wanted to make sure that they got the uh, best situations that they could get as far as running their particular school. Now, do you guys still have? kind of uh, across the, the county uh, meetings with the, the principals and, and the superintendent. And 
one of the things, it's not just the superintendent because the superintendent has to deal with the school board. And of course, uh, then it goes over into the county commission. It's just, it, it's, it's not a simple process as far as getting your particular needs all the way across. And uh, when, when, when uh, you're having to deal with the, the superintendent himself, it's important that you have a good relationship not only with the superintendent, but also with the school board. And I have seen, it, it's important to have, here it's, it's election time, and it's important to have the right people that are involved in the entire education process. And I, I don't feel like that, that for whatever reason, we have some really good people on the school board. And I, I am very happy with uh, most of them. Uh, I'm not supposed to be political. Everybody knows I am, but I, I don't really care. But, but, but the thing about it, it, it's very important for each voter out there to know the candidate that, that is going to be representing our school across, all the way across the board. And... Uh, uh, do you get a lot of questions from people that are actually in the races now as far as what particular uh, things are needed in, in our school system? Or do you just kind of let Bill take the, the flack from all of it that, that, that's going on? Because uh, that, that's one of the uh, – I've already voted, and, that, and that's one of the things that's very strong on my mind is who we're going to have uh, representing us uh, 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 as far as what direction and what the future of the Rutherford County School System is going to be. Uh, well, I, I think, uh, you did know. I, did I ask you a bad question? <laughs> well, I think uh, I'll, I'll try my best to stay out of the fray, but I, yeah. but I, I think it's safe to say that I would encourage anyone, yeah. uh, and, and one, to make sure they're registered to vote, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if they're not, and uh, but but to be engaged and and to be informed it's important and, uh, isn't it? regardless of what you're voting for it's always important that yeah. that you stay informed and that's something i try to teach my own children uh when when they uh when i vote that they see uh, one that they have that you know they have that expectation on them for me as a parent uh, when they get to that age is that they they be informed and that they participate in this process because yeah. it's so vital and what is so unique about our country um you know i think uh you know, it's it's always good. Our our board uh, is is engaged, especially those that represent our particular schools. Uh, in our, you know, they stay informed. Obviously, they just you know they employ the director and and they impact our policies. Mm -hmm. But but it always is important that we're all uh, you know we all work together and yeah. we support each other in, in the message of of what we want our system to accomplish. And I think everyone could say over the years that we've been very fortunate in that regard as a system that we've been unified in that yeah. voice. But but as far as the principals, you know, working, you know, I, I think one thing we do, the high school principals, and, and we meet very frequently as a group. Mm -hmm. And and so do the middle school principals and the elementary principals, they all work together in, in what we call a professional learning community. And the thing for us is to, is that, and this situation has really, in my opinion, brought us much closer together. Now we always yeah. work together, 
but in the high school ranks, I think most would say, but we're still competitive. <laughs> and in uh, every way, in every way, yeah. we we are uh, by the nature of some of the things we do, we're very competitive mm-hmm. of of wanting to try to make sure our school is on the forefront of how it's perceived in our community. But but at the end of the day, we're professionals and uh, we work together. We share ideas, and and it's been really magnified through this pandemic as we prepare to open how much more uh, open we've been through this process with each other yeah. about the, the, the challenges, how to work through it together. And, and I think those are some things that really shine about our system over the years is we've made, we've empowered really good people uh, to, to be, you know, to, to find those that are aspiring leaders, position them in the right way to support them so that when, you know, they're in a position of leadership, they're prepared, they have the tools they need to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's one thing I'm proud of the bunch that, that I get to, to work with my colleagues in the principal ranks is that I certainly hope we're on the winning side when, when we compete athletically or when we do things like that, but together we all win by working together and, uh, and being unified as a district and as a team. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with John Marshall. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast. One of the finest restaurants in Rutherford County at the top as the friendliest. It's like a magnet. You just draw people in here. It seems different here in Murfreesboro. It just seems like everybody is more welcoming. Open Monday through Saturday at 6.30 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. Food is ready-made. You make it. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer. My name is Keith Bratcher, and I respectfully ask for your vote for Road Board Zone 2. I am a lifelong resident of Rover County. I've loved serving you on the Road Board for the past 18 years. I pledge to continue to work to be a good steward of the taxpayer money and stay on top of road, signage, and drain issues in the district. I want to continue to work for you on the Road Board and help you in any way I can. My name is Keith Bratcher, and I appreciate your vote. Paid for by Keith Bratcher for Road Board, Keith Bratcher Treasurer. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Why join a credit union? Credit unions offer the same services as banks, but are not-for-profit. Credit unions are owned by their members, not Wall Street investors. Credit unions are among the highest-rated services ever evaluated by Consumer Reports. Need another reason to join a credit union? If you join Heritage South Community Credit Union now through June 30th, you could win $2,500. Sounds like a good reason to me. Learn more at HeritageSouth.org. Insured by NCUA. All right, guys, I want to encourage all of you to take care of your health. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, lack of motivation and drive, 
Have you noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass? These could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help determine the cause of your symptoms and will help get you back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for us men. And now they offer monitored self-inject at home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. That includes a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. To schedule your health assessment, call 615-603-3542 or go to lowtcenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Gig and service industry workers may stand to lose more than others when the extra federal unemployment funds end this weekend. When the $600 boost expires, the maximum unemployment benefits any Tennessean will receive is $275 a week. However, many of those in the service industry say they'll qualify for less than that, resulting in only $100 and $120 every week before taxes. Prior to the CARES Act, gig workers were not even eligible for unemployment assistance. An alarming new study out regarding Tennessee residents' alcohol and the pandemic. The American Addiction Center studied 3,000 people and how the coronavirus pandemic has impacted their employment status. They found that nearly 30% of Tennesseans who were out of work admitted to drinking more than usual. 14% of those surveyed admitted they would also turn to alcohol if they were to lose their job. The study also found that 40% of employees have noticed a change in the mental health of their co-workers since the pandemic began. Temperature checks and COVID-19 screenings, just a couple of guidelines set forth by the TSSAA Board of Control regarding the coronavirus and high school sports regulations. The board said yesterday a symptomatic checklist will be posted for each player and coach to review every day. The limited fans who are permitted at games must wear facial coverings at all times, and the host school is responsible for cleaning and sanitizing restroom facilities during the games. Concession stands are discouraged. A group of doctors asking Governor Lee to delay in-person classes where health guidelines are not being met. The governor says he does not support a uniform approach to schools reopening and instead wants individual boards to make the decision. News on demand 24-7 at our website, WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hi, my name is Claire Maxwell. I'm running for Rutherford County School Board Zone 5 because I'm tired of seeing your tax dollars wasted and our teachers and students neglected. If elected, I promise to fight for the needs of all of our county schools. After 16 years of neglect and being let down, isn't it time for a change? Early voting starts July 17th through August 1st, and Election Day is August 6th. Let's make a change in the right direction by voting for Claire Maxwell for Rutherford County School Board Zone 5. Paid for by Claire Maxwell for Rutherford County School Board Zone 5, Austin Maxwell Treasurer. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24-7 assistance by calling 1-888-MY-ROSCOE. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Roscoe Brown. 
Brown. RoscoeBrown.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in a high around 90. Winds out of the west around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 76. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with John Marshall, who is, of course, the principal out at Oakland. And you know, a lot of times we don't give you guys, uh, I mean, we we expect you to have the best education process anywhere in the state. And and if you want to uh, uh, coach Coach Creasy, if he wants to be the, the, the state uh, champion every year, which not, most of us would really predict that. I mean, <laughs> I, I think he's listening today, or, or maybe we think that he's listening today. But... Uh, you guys, um, if you look at the, the value of what you present and, and how much it costs the taxpayers, most people in this community don't realize how very fortunate we are to have people like you guys making sure that everything is taken care of as far as our school system. Schools are very complicated, but you make it more simple than any any place that that I've ever seen to be perfectly honest with you John and uh, uh, when you guys I mean people take a look at our schools sometimes and re- I mean really take a look at what's going on and and uh, it, 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 it's a uh, uh, a product of, of the people who are here in our community it's just not just the leaders like you john and and and, uh bill and some of the others but it's also our kids i mean if if you have kids that are not coachable or or or, uh the ones that they're really looking at the true value of what's going on as for their future is concerned a lot of times we get too focused on let's just give people all of these particular uh gifts and and, uh, and let them take a a run with it you might say uh you guys you make sure that these kids are going to be successful in their lives and that's what really makes this community and this country strong and we've got we've got to keep aiming that way yeah, and and what's what's hard to believe is for the you know I think we're the fourth largest system in Tennessee, and most people would be surprised that our uh, per pupil expenditures is in the bottom two thirds of all systems in Tennessee. And uh, now I understand that some could say that it should be more, 
uh, you know, and we and we I, I would always advocate to support our teachers mm -hmm. and, uh, and and to compensate them accordingly. But I also understand that that some people wish that we would be lower down that list as well. But but I think to say that we're the fourth largest system and we're in the bottom two-thirds of that list of, of per-pupil expenditures, mm -hmm. it tells me a couple of things. It tells me, one, uh, we, we have done a really good job of being as efficient as a system as we can and maximizing the dollars we get, and we're greatly, uh, or we're thankful for the funding body, the commission has, has been tremendous in supporting what we needed. Mm -hmm. It's not, we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, it's, 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 we prioritize, and I think it goes back several school boards, it goes back several commissions, but I think as a community, uh, we, we've been really uh, focused on making sure that what we're getting is what we need, and I think if you just compare our administrative staffing, uh, we, we, we don't even come close to the numbers of some of the systems that, that are comparable to us. And I'm not saying that you go out here and just add to be like other people, mm -hmm. but if, you know, I'm proud of the way, because I pay taxes too, and I'm obviously I'm thankful that we're able to run a system the way we are. That doesn't mean we don't have some challenges and some, ro some hurdles coming up uh, that, you know, at some point we're going to have to address, like the capital maintenance issue, uh, within our system, and I, I don't envy the, the commission and the school board having to work through that in the near future. But but for the most part, though, I am thankful as a taxpayer that we've been able to do what we've done with the staffing level at what it is, considering that, and, and administrative staffing in the buildings. I mean, uh, you know, I think I could advocate all day long for, for more support staff, but at the end of the day, you know, we're going to do what we need to do as long as we can do it safely and, and continue to provide the same level of support, mm -hmm. then, then we're going to keep our ears pinned back and focus on what's important, and that's, that's learning, and uh, let everything else work its way out. But, yes, we're, we're very thankful and fortunate in this county to have uh, what we've got. It, with the success that Rutherford County's had, we've had other large counties large school systems in the state of Tennessee. We're talking about in Shelby County and Davidson County um, that have been a major failure. What is it that uh, uh, kind of strikes out as far as why can't they get their act together? And, and uh, you, you know, we, we have a, a lot of things that are going on as far as the state trying to spend a lot, throw a lot of money at them to uh, see if, if they can get their schools under control. What is the difference between Rutherford County, which is one of the fastest growing counties in the state of Tennessee, and places like that that they don't seem to have any special methods to turn those schools around? I won't even pretend to say that I have an answer for uh, Metro and Shelby and all the di the dynamics that go into yeah. that. But I, you know, from our perspective, I think you know what, what's what is so unique about us is Rutherford County is a special place to live and raise your family, and because we have great jobs, mm -hmm. we have a, a large uh, institution in Middle Tennessee State in, in our in our community and uh, in, in Montlow and and our technical colleges and. Uh, 
We, we just have so many layers of excellent educational opportunities for our students to continue, and even after they leave high school or they're adult learners. And uh, and I think you know, it goes back to you know one of the things people you know want to come to Rutherford County. And when I talk to people that are moving in and they want to learn more about my school, or when we're hiring people from out of state, you know one of the things I get is well we looked online, or we you know we googled your system, or we've seen the report card of and and the quality of the level of education we have with so many other offerings and jobs available it's a testament to so many people beyond just just educationally but but elected officials over the years too that have been committed in ensuring that we bring in those jobs and we have the infrastructure and we have the support at multiple layers and and I think that's what's unique about us and what's a draw but at the end of the day we all want to raise our children in a community that's that's got a level of educational opportunities for them that we know is going to prepare them to be successful and that's yeah. why I, I think uh, so many people continue to stay and live in the community people want to Thank be goodness. in this community yeah the downside yeah. is a lot of people want to be here because of those things and it's obviously created you know a lot of growth strains that come with that and mm -hmm. uh, and certainly has some challenges how do we continue to reach out to the parents because a lot of times um, um, parents in, in some respects um, especially you see it in the homes that seem to be broken up uh, you, you, you don't have that level of support for the teachers in the school system in those particular type families. Is there any way to reach out to those particular uh, uh, maybe moms and dads or, or, or whatever? And uh, it, it, it seems like to me that there, there needs to be some type of support system somewhere that, that can bring uh, them into a common sense type of approach as far as the, the teachers and the principals are out there for the good of each student that walks through that door. And, and, uh, and, and when, you, when you have an adversarial uh, uh, relationship with parents, and, and I have seen it more in, in the last 20 years than I, than I ever saw it before because uh, that was the real strength of, of the education process was working with the parents and the teachers and all working together for the common good of each student. Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to relationships. Yeah. And uh, it's so important and we stress to our teachers and they know uh, they're, they're passionate about what they do. Uh, yes, about because they love their content, but because they love students yeah. and they love uh, what they do and they're passionate about in inspiring them. They're mm -hmm. imp passionate about watching them grow mm -hmm. and having that that moment where, uh, you know, it, it connects. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we stress to them, it's important for them to know their, know their students, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, and know their circumstances as best we can and to empathize with each of those situations and help provide support. Uh, everyone is different. Uh, I think regardless of the circumstances at home, every, every parent, you know, loves their child just as much as, as, as other people and wants to support them. They have different ways they can or different abilities that they can. But for us, is uh, we're there to bridge that and uh, to be that constant during the day of support and instruction. And, uh, and our teachers do a really good job, but, but at the end of the day, you know, it's one thing 
uh, about this business uh, that I'm so thankful to be a part of such a, a dedicated group of teachers is they know yeah. it's about relationships. You are, are uh, the, the heart of each school would be the principal as far as I'm concerned. You have, you have to uh, take care of everything that seems to be coming apart and, and being able to fix it back again. And across the nation, it, it's almost everywhere, the, the teachers are not uh, looking to make, or the individuals are not looking to make a career out of teaching like they did many, many years ago. And uh, I think we had a number of uh, teachers that uh, never married uh, when, I, when I was going to school simply because that was their main goal in life was to teach and, and, and to make uh, every student in their classroom successful. Um, what are we going, what's it going to take to get uh, the, the, the prime, the valued uh, prospective teachers in the classroom again? Uh, there is, it, it, it's, um, that's one thing that's bothered me over the last 10 years especially is they're, they're, not, uh, they're not preparing themselves to become teachers anymore. Why is that? Is it, is it the money? Is, is it the uh, um, uh, relationships in the classroom? What, what, what in the world is, is going on with that? And I know that's a tough question. I mean, it, it, it's probably, but uh, it does have answers. And you're looking for your, you're looking at your wife now, can I get out and, of here? Uh, I'm thinking, do I have enough time to answer that question? Uh, but it, it, there's a lot of layers to that. And, yeah. um, and, and obviously, it, with so the state, uh, while a lot of the changes we've made over the last few years ha have been very Im impactful for a positive way, mm -hmm. some of that's been lost. Yeah. And, uh, and I think uh, at the state level, we, we've got to do a better job of uh, promoting how valuable this uh, profession is. And sometimes we focus so much on the negative at the state level that it, that it drowns out the so many uh, positives and so much more value that being in this profession holds that yeah. it's created a perception uh, that's been unfortunate. And I, I think uh, we, we would like to get to the point where we, we have more consistency in what we hold accountable for our teachers. Uh, at the state level and, and not have so many changes because some of that adds to that anxiety, the frustration level yeah. and, and why continue to do this when the target's always moving from their perspective. And again, it's not to undermine everything that we've changed because we've had some good changes, but the, but I think there's uh, probably the way we've gone about it. Uh, I think in reflection, some people I would hope at the state level would say we could have done it a, in a better way to, to been more supportive of our teachers and the profession as a whole. And uh, but we are our best advocates. We, yeah. we see those students every day and, and we have to do a better job of, uh, of encouraging them to go into the profession. And I know it's hard when you want to focus on some of the negatives with the changes in our profession. It's changed a whole lot just since I've been in this business. But at the end of the day, it's still a worthwhile profession that's highly valued. And, and our teachers do some of the most amazing jobs in impacting our community in the most positive ways. And, and I would challenge anyone to please consider, you know, going into education as a career choice. Uh, you go in because it's your passion first and ends up being a career, uh, but there's so much more reward out of this than anything that can be negative.
Are we getting too much negative uh, input from states and uh, federal government? Uh, it seems like a lot of times they've gotten away from the normal teaching process and added so many other particular layers in that really don't fit uh, uh, the positive influence that, that teachers can have in a classroom. Yeah, just like I would say that how we, just in our reopening plan, we still have unique things that are going to be different for every school because every school is, is a reflection of the community that we're in within the county. I would I would also say that every school system is unique and different yeah. in how you deal with it, and the state should deal with it in that regard. So we want some autonomy, and just like you would hope the feds would, would recognize that each state within that is very unique and different in how we deal with learning and educating and supporting our teachers and would give us more autonomy, obviously, to be able to make some of those decisions at the local level. It's complicated, isn't it? It's very complicated, and that's why, uh, you know, we we're told often, you know, worry about the things you can't control, and it uh, doesn't mean you can't advocate and, uh, and, and be heard, uh, but at the same time, you know, the biggest thing for us is stay focused on what we do each and every day and the impact we know we can make. What would be the ideal person to be successful in the classroom? I know this is, uh, I came out of left field on, on that one for you, but I can remember a lot of my teachers that I had, uh, many of them were very strict. I probably got more paddlings than anybody in the history of the Rutherford County school system. <laughs> But they're the ones that I love the most because I could tell that they really uh, cared about me and they, they, and they wanted me to hitch my pants up and start doing what I needed to be doing. And I understood that. Do you think the kids understand what the real discipline is right now? Because it, it, it does make a, a difference because... Um, you're not going to strike out as a rule against a teacher who is adamant about you becoming successful in the classroom. I mean, it, it really does make a difference. Well, and it, and it goes back to earlier relationships, and, and it's so yeah. important because teachers all have their own unique styles yeah. uh, and personalities. All are just as effective, uh, just like students learn in different ways, and why we strive to differentiate the way we deliver that instruction. It's not always perfect, uh, yeah. just because we're all different and unique. But at the end of the day, students recognize uh, that passion in the teachers when they care, and 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 all of them do, and about what they do. But it, you know, it's not always perfect, but we strive for that. But it goes back to relationships, mm -hmm. and when you build those relationships, you create that that connection with that student that inspires them to want to engage even in, in sometimes content area that we, we may not like. Like uh, I, I had some areas that I probably wasn't excelled at, some of my uh, Riverdale teachers would say, but, but they made connections with me. And despite the, whether or not I liked the subject or not, it was that connection with that teacher that I knew that, that went that extra mile to impact me uh, that, that drove me to succeed, the, the Joe Nunleys or the Mike Shoes. Uh, oh, uh, Joe Nunley, loved him to death. Uh, certainly, and uh, that I was fortunate enough to have to, that inspired me to, to change what I wanted to do and, and to come back and do that same thing for young people as a teacher. What is it that makes a coach have more, uh, uh, 
it, it, it's like some coaches that can reach out and they get the uh, uh, complete attention of their players. Now, Kevin Creasy is one of them, bless his heart. And uh, I can't wait for football season to get back. I don't know what's going to happen, things like that. But the uh, advantage they have as far as more so than, than uh, teachers in the classroom is, I guess one thing is the, the young players, they want to be successful, and they're going to listen to everything that particular coach has to say. And I don't think anybody uh, has the respect uh, of the players and the young students any more than a coach. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, football is probably the most – basketball is probably in there pretty close. But uh, – it, 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 can a coach actually come into a classroom that may be maybe having some trouble and uh, completely change the direction uh, that the kids are having problems with at the time? Now, I can remember when Coach Donnelly was coaching out at MTSU many years ago, and uh, we would have uh, we would arrest one some of his players. And they would say, now, don't, please don't call coach. Please don't call coach. They weren't, weren't worrying anything about anything at all. They did not want Coach Donnelly to know. And, of course, the first thing I would do is call Coach Donnelly, <laughs> and he would be down there. And uh, it was, it, it's amazing how much control they have over the young people. And, and I think a lot of it is, is strictly motivation and discipline and what they have. It is, and uh, and and that's what's unique about not not or special about sports. Yeah, it's special about band. It's special about yeah. ROTC. It's special about our career technical education mm -hmm. groups because in in some of those so many of those programs, those students uh, are there the entire four years. They develop that relationship with that teacher beyond. I had them for one year. Yeah, and uh, they make that connection, and for the reason that that student has has taken a liking to be a part of that program. Uh, it's that draw, it's that connection that we're able to bridge with that student to keep, yeah. the, for some of them, to keep them motivated to come to school because mm -hmm. uh, some may not come to school every day because they're excited about algebra or integrated math one, but they're excited because they want to come to school because they know their coach expects it for them to yeah. be there, to be on time, to be engaged in the classroom. And, and so that's why it, it is, it, it takes a family uh, we, we reference the Oaken family all the time because mm -hmm. we are a family. We work together. Science will talk uh, to math, and math will talk to English. We all have to work together to communicate and talk about how we can help support that student and find out what is that thing that's engaged them and they're passionate about to, to help drive them or push them in ways that we need to and some others. If, if uh, Oaken wanted to name something for you, <laughs> uh, what 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 would be the the one thing that that you would love more than anything else? I can't say that I'd want anything named after me. I don't know how long it'd stay up anyway. But no. Uh, <laughs> oh, it'll be a fifty years before they oh, carry it I'm, down. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But I know I don't. I couldn't. That's the last thought I have is uh, is that. But I can think of some amazing teachers and folks that have impacted that school for many years. And well, is uh, there is there one teacher in particular? 
through your education process that stands out um, that, that wouldn't affect anybody in, in, in this day and time mm -hmm. as you were going through school? As I was going through yeah, school? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, for me, uh, a teacher that impacted me was, was Mike Shue, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. He was my agriculture yeah. teacher and horticulture teacher at Riverdale High School. So, uh, and it, because I, I was one of those kids that needed someone to uh, give a little extra kick to and uh, to that say, mean. hey, you have a much greater potential than what you think you do. Yeah. And, and you need to, you know, get it together. And yeah. uh, it, it took, it, it, we all have a story of a teacher in some way that yeah. has impacted us like that and, and we are forever grateful yes. uh, for the trajectory they changed in our lives. Yeah. Great answer. Well, I'm going to have to have you back on again, John. <laughs> uh, and, and thank you for coming by this morning. We, I, I had a great time. Uh, it's very enjoyable, very informative. And uh, I, I know that everybody that's listening that has anything to do with Oakland High School uh, they, they'll probably be giving you a call today and, and thank you for all that you've done. And we're going to wrap up the show, guys, and, and I guess we'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. News Radio, WGNS.